Hello and welcome to You Really Shouldn't Have with me, James Warwick, the podcast where each week I sit down with a different guest as we discuss their career along with the story behind the worst gift they've ever been given. Joining me on this week's show is stand-up comedian and host of Hot Breath podcast, Joel Byers. We sit down to discuss Joel's comedy career, including his comedy special, The Trophy Husband, his hugely successful podcast, Hot Breath, and he even joins me for a game of Rap It, Cash It, Trash It. Along with all of that, we also unwrap the story behind the worst gift he's ever been given. So Joel, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me, James. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you here as well. It's, it's going to be fantastic. Now, to start with, were you always funny growing up? I mean, was was comedy and performing something you aspired to do early on? For sure. I always was funny. I was voted wittiest in my high school. Uh, the story my mom tells me is when I was like super small, I did like a church play and apparently at some point during the church play, I stole the microphone <laughs> out of a lady's hand and started babbling into the microphone and uh, apparently killed. It's my best set to date. So I used to say I was kind of born to be a, a comedian, but I didn't actually pursue it until I was about to graduate from college and realized, hey, I lost everything. Why not just follow this dream I had. Sally Mae took everything else except my dreams. So I pursued it as a senior in college and it's been my career ever since. So talk to me about those early, those early gigs and those early steps. I mean, how did the comedy career begin and what influenced the early material? Oh, I mean, the early gigs, uh, the, <laughs> the open mics in the basements of bars and coffee shops at four in the afternoon and sidewalks and public buses. I mean, there's there's a lot of that early grind that us comics have to go through. But throughout it all, I always made it my goal to be able to do comedy that it could entertain everyone. Like my, my goal now as a professional is to be doing afternoon shows. I don't want to be out at these clubs at midnight <laughs> in front of drunk people. My, my goal is to be doing selling out venues and the afternoon doing like a two o'clock and a four o'clock show where everyone from grandkids to grandparents is there. So my goal from the beginning has always been, I want to make comedy that's accessible to everyone. And it's always been drawn from my own personal life. That's where all the best material comes from is that personal material. So that's always been my goal since the beginning. And now 11 years into it, you know, I've been able to release a comedy special and gone on tours and everything with that vision, but it all started with that intent to want to really create comedy for everyone. I know you've also written some stuff for TV, so I wondered how that opportunity came about and the move into the field, and what are the major differences for you in terms of between writing for TV specifically versus stand-up? Yeah, and this is something interesting that I learned from, I've interviewed over 300 comedians about the craft, and the, really the number one thing about opportunities is that they're going to come from your peers. They're going to come from people you meet along the way, people that see you perform, people within your immediate network. So getting to write for TV, every opportunity I've gotten, you know, I've been independent. I I've, I'm really am uh, on this like self-made journey, hoping to inspire other comedians and other just people to invest in themselves and really take a chance on themselves. So for any other opportunities I've gotten, it's been from friends on projects or people needing helps. People who have seen me at shows will come up to me afterwards and 
have an offer of X, Y, and Z for whatever it is, but it all stems from just people I know and that people that trust me to actually be able to provide the service of comedy writing. And it is different because I'm not drawing from my life. It's either more of a collaborative experience of you're in a writer's room or it is more of like you're trying to write in someone's specific voice that isn't yours. So it is a little different, but there's fundamentals to comedy that you can learn that you can then apply to all sorts of uh, outlets. You touched already on your comedy special, The Trophy Husband, which I know you did uh, a couple of years back now. And yeah, well, I released it on my 10 year anniversary last year on February 1st. Yeah. How did you uh, go about preparing for that show? Was it different to the normal sets that you would do inside clubs? And how did you find that experience overall? Oh, the experience was amazing. I mean, I was I was approaching my 10 year comedy anniversary and was curious about like, what is what is the next chapter of my career? 10 years? You know, what do I have to show for it? And I was like, I should really do kind of a timestamp of my 10 year anniversary and do this comedy special produced it myself. I filmed it at the first venue that ever booked me as a headliner. Oh, wow. I had my wife and dog on the front row. I mean, I have a lot of behind the scenes involved in the special as well. So it really is. It was my unique spin on the comedy special format. And I think so many people see comedy specials now and it's a Netflix special where this comic spent, you know, they recorded it over five shows and then pieced it together to where every syllable was beautiful and perfect, but that's not comedy. Steve Martin said, comedy is not pretty. And I wanted to show that raw reality of comedy, which is, you know, a venue with a comedian who may forget his jokes from time to time. I did forget my jokes at one time and I left it in the special. I, um, I, I come out we do like this big entrance and then realize one of the cameras isn't set up. So we had to retake the entrance, <laughs> but we kept all of that in as well, just to show that raw real reality of, you know, comedy isn't perfect, but I will tell you this, the special's funny. I'm proud of it. It's, it's an amalgamation. Ooh, amalgamation. I used my liberal arts degree there <laughs> of all 10 years of my comedy up to that point. I really pieced together into like a really fun story of my life and how I got to where I am today from growing up all the way to college, to meeting my wife, to then getting married, to crying at my wedding, all that embarrassingness. And my favorite part is that I actually closed the whole special on a joke. My wife told me not to do. So that was my favorite part. That was my big victory there. <laughs> now, Joe, I know you run your own online comedy course, which teaches uh, people about the craft of joke writing. So what I wondered was, is it the case that funny is sort of inside all of us just waiting to be released in the right way? Or do you think people have to have certain characteristics in order to tell and write a good joke? I think anyone can learn how to be funny. There are basic formulas and structures and fundamentals of joke writing that anyone can learn. Now, to what degree you actually excel at that, I think it is something you're born with. You know, it's like people play the guitar, but there's only one Jimi Hendrix. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. So, but I think any, I think anyone can honestly learn how to write a joke and be funny. It's just the born part, in my opinion, is comes more on like how far you actually take it, what you're able to achieve with it. But learning how to write jokes, learning how to be funny. Like I talk about with my my own personal exploration of doing personal material about my life. I mean, when you learn to to do stand up, you learn so much more about yourself. You learn so much more about being self-sufficient. You learn how to 
look on the bright side of things. And it's not even all standups that I coach and that take my classes. I mean, there's public speakers, there's teachers, I mean, accountants, I mean, you know, people who need help with like a, a groomsman, a best man speech, you know, it's, it goes across the board, but everyone can learn these fundamentals that'll help just bring a happier life. I mean, just learning to find the funny and everything. I mean, what's, what could go wrong with looking <laughs> on the funny side of things, you know? It's very true. Now, I wanted to touch yeah. on your podcast as well, Hot Breath, which is fantastic mm-hmm. and very successful. Uh, so how did the idea for the show come about? And what have you learned from speaking to all of these comedians during your time doing the show? Oh, man. Yeah, the show started, I mean, over 300 episodes ago now. And it all started as like a show I wish existed. I, I loved hearing comedians on podcasts, but... My favorite moments were when they were nerding out about the craft and how they write their jokes and how they get booked and their worst bombing stories. So I really created like the inside the actor studio for comedians where you really get the stories behind the comedians. And I thought that was just such a a show that didn't exist at the time. And I thought it would be a good opportunity for me to not only meet and speak to some of my favorite comedians, because I mean, at this point, We've had Jeff Foxworthy, Cedric the Entertainer, to like old school stars to now like the new wave of like Mark Norman and Andrew Schultz and just, I mean, over 300. But it all started with me creating a show I wish existed. And it's since grown into this just comedy community, really, where people really rally around comedians and comedy fans alike, connect around this content. And that's the the vision for it now is to become a community that does connect comedy fans with comedians. And we can really become like the all inclusive kind of place for people to meet up, learn about comedy, talk about comedy because comedy is booming. And it's such an interesting topic that is still vastly underexplored. And I want hot breath to be the place where comedians and comedy fans can come together. Do you have like a bucket list of, of comedians you haven't spoken to yet that you'd love to have on the show? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld, Dave Chappelle, Steve Martin, Sinbad. And then it just go, I mean, there, there, there's, there's still a lot. I mean, Eddie Izzard. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot out there that I still want, you know, but it's that what I'm finding is it's, you know, it, it, everything happens on time. Like sometimes I get impatient but everything has happened right when it should have. Not when I wanted it to, but when I needed it to. So I, I do have those big goals still in mind, but I know it's all just part of the process. Well, that's quite some list you just listed up there. It's quite a, a dream team of, of comics, if you like. For sure, for <laughs> sure, yeah. And there's plenty more. Now, you did touch on there about the worst bombing stories. So I have to ask, Joel, do, <laughs> do, do you have a story of, of the worst gig you ever did? I mean, honestly, there's so many as a comedian we go through. And that's why I ask my guests that every show, because every comic has just stories of the worst bombs they've ever had. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I've performed at strip clubs that were terrible. You know, I, um, I had one comedy club shut the lights off on me one time. Um, I had, I got booed. Getting booed is always a fun experience. I got booed at a venue that was called Taboo. So I think that was on me. Yeah, I think that was my fault for showing up to that. It was called Taboo and I got booed. And then I just booed the audience back and then we bombed together. So it was, 
that's part of the journey of being a comedian that a lot of people don't know. And that's why I created Hot Breath to really create a new appreciation for the stand-up so many people enjoy. And it's been a bit of a crazy sort of 12 months worldwide given the COVID pandemic. And I've, I've asked mm-hmm. all the comedians that have been on this show about the Zoom gigs. And there seems to be the general consensus that everybody hates the Zoom gigs. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you to, to join in the poll. Uh, how, how have you experienced the Zoom gigs and have you done anything else differently during the COVID pandemic to fill the void of live performance? Um, I don't hate Zoom gigs. I mean, I will do them. Um, I think you could still have a good time. Uh, I think maybe a lot of comics just aren't doing the right Zoom gigs. Maybe maybe they're doing the Zoom gigs that are in front of other comics, you know. Um, <laughs> I've, been, I've been doing Zoom gigs for like people's birthday parties and like corporate events just to help people break Zoom fatigue and just bring some fun laughter. I mean, even like five minutes, you know, it just coming in there and just providing a little just release for people on Zoom is what I found most rewarding. And it's still fun. You can still hear people laugh. I mean, it's definitely not a live show. But it it is one of those things of like, you can't control what happens, but you can control how you react to it. So it's like live shows are gone. Okay. You can do zoom shows and, you know, begrudgingly show up to them or you can show up them with gratitude and optimism and really have a good time and provide a good show for people, regardless of comedians being like, Oh, it's not blah, 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 blah. It's not that open mic at the basement of that library where we heckle each other with bookmarks. You know, it's (laughs) zoom shows are fine. And I don't think they're going anywhere either. I think even as live shows come back, I think virtual comedy is almost emerging as a new industry. So that being said, anyone listening to this that would like a comedian to perform on zoom for their company or family reunion or any other events you're doing on zoom holla at your boy there you go there mm-hmm. you go there's his calling card right there there he yes, is yes joel byers now we've touched on bad gigs so i think it's only right that we touch on bad gifts so yeah joel what is the worst gift you've ever been given so i really want to give this some thought james because hammering it down to just one you don't have to have one, by the way. There, there's no limit. Okay, yeah. I mean, there were there were two instances that come to mind. The one, the big broad stroke is cards. Just uh-huh. cards in general. Every time I get a card, I'm just like, this was just wasted paper. It's <laughs> like, you, I mean, you literally, are, you're paying like five bucks to then just sign something someone else wrote. You're just co-signing on whatever Hallmark decided to just like regurgitate out on that sentimental day that they had, you know, it's like, they're, they're just so, I don't know, half-hearted. And I think they're a waste of paper and it's really just a thing for me to keep up with. Or it really, when I get a gift, what I, I read is like happy birthday, but what I, what I'm implying is they're like, here, would you go throw this away for me? (laughs) You know, hey, I, I could have just given you five bucks instead of this card, but instead I'll just give you this card and then you can just set it on fire instead of a $5 bill. Like cards to me are just so antiquated and just unnecessary. It's like, I don't know, write a note, write a sticky note, send me a text, you know, a virtual card. I don't know. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, get my comedy special. That's a great gift. That's a gift. <laughs> but it's like... I don't know. I always think cards are just kind of like wasted money and wasted resources. It's just a bunch of paper that I end up 
I end up keeping for a long time because I think I will need it someday when cards become currency, <laughs> you know, when the dollar, when the dollar crashes and like birthday cards are skyrocketing birthday cards are the new Bitcoin. Look out. I'll be ready. But in the meantime, I just have like a, a stash of cards that I never do anything with. So all cards really come off to me. I'm just like, ah, so that, 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 that's basically every gift. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, the other one I will say, and this is something I get annually from my, from my grandparents in my stocking, they always give me socks and it's, they aren't like dress socks. They aren't, these are like Walmart, hundred percent cotton, super thick, high white tube socks. Like I'm cool with socks, but like these socks, I'm basically like wearing just napkins. Like they're not <laughs> functional. They're uncomfortable and they don't really do anything. Besides, I mean, I, I could, they're, they'd be great sock puppets. Maybe I should <laughs> donate them to the local center for puppetry arts and maybe they could repurpose them. But like, and it's like a, it's like a, like a, a Walmart size bag of these socks and I get them every year. And I don't know if they just think stocking, oh, I better put actual stockings in there or what they're thinking, but I get them every year and I never wear them and I feel bad, but I don't feel bad enough to say anything, but they're just, they're not cool. They're not comfortable. I mean, it's, I feel like, and I feel like it's kind of like candy corn. I feel like those style of socks, the, like the companies just keep regurgitating the same ones. They keep Whoever throws them away, they go get them and then they'll re-gift them again next year, you know. But the socks are another one that just, I'm always just like, ah, thanks, I guess. See, I'm always a bit controversial with socks because I seem to lose them or they seem to get holes in real easy. So I'm normally quite appreciative of socks. <laughs> but I know that's quite a, you know, not not really a common thing. Most people are like you and don't appreciate the socks. But I've got to be honest, I quite appreciate the socks. I like socks. It's just these are like, they're just white, plain, like thigh high tube socks. Like there, there's nowhere I would wear these. Like even with pants, they're too long for pants and they're too long for shorts. I don't know how both of those are the case, but I, I, I appreciate and I'm grateful for the gift and I appreciate the gesture and I actually do enjoy socks. I have quite a sock collection, but they're printed or they, they have a certain function and form these don't have either. <laughs> These are like old t-shirts. They then sewed into the shape of socks. Like Hanes was just recycling old t-shirts, I think. Now, Joe, I have a gift-related game that I play every now and again with, with guests, and I thought you might be up for a game. So yes, let's I'll, play. I'll explain the rules. So the game okay. is called Wrap It, Cash It, Trash It. Okay. okay. Now we're going to have a fictional gift exchange, if you like. And you're going to be okay. there. You're going to be able to gift yourself something. But we need two other guests at the party. So the first guest is completely your choice. It can be a family member. It can be a friend. It can be a celebrity, another comedian, anyone you like. You can pick anybody. Any get any guest I want. Anyone you want to be at the gift exchange with you, you can pick them. I'm gonna go with the Pope. Yeah, I mean that's pretty. Yeah, I went for it. That's pretty out there. I went, I went like, let me. My brain went to friend, wife, 
mom, president, pope. I was like trying to find something way out there. And I was like, well, the pope is about as far as it gets. That is so. real out there. I was not expecting you to say the pope. That's quite a dinner party there. It yeah. is. So it's, it's you and the pope. And then I've got a whole bunch of cards here with, with other celebrities. The pope isn't in here. So I'm just okay. going to deal them onto the table. And you say stop when you want me to stop. And that will be the third guest at the pope. Stop. Or stop. It's David Beckham. David Beckham. All right. There we go. Okay. So it's you, the Pope, and David Beckham, which is quite, <laughs> qu- quite, quite the trio. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going to happen is I have a list here, Joel, of 30 gifts. Now, because okay. we, of course, are the home of bad gifts, the majority of things on this list aren't, aren't great. I'll be honest with you. So you're going to pick three numbers, and each number obviously corresponds with a gift on this list. Each of those gifts also have a monetary value. And you have three choices. You can you can wrap it. And if we wrap the gift, then you choose who, who, who has it. So if you want to give it to you, you can have the gift or the Pope or David. If you don't like the gift I give you, though, you do have two lifelines in a way. You can use each one of these once. You can cash it. And if we cash it, you get the monetary value of the gift instead. So instead of giving the gift you get however much it's worth and i've even because all of my prices are in pounds i've got my currency converter here as well to convert everything into us dollars to make it even even easier but be be warned because even though some of these gifts are terrible some of them are really cheap so i mean you you can either give the bad gift or it might be like 77 cents so you know play that card Uh. at your own will or for one time we can also trash it and if we trash it, then you get to pick another number and we, we discard that gift. But you can only do that once. Same with the cash. So use oh, them. Can only you, cash once and can only trash yeah, once. That's right. You've got to use them carefully. Otherwise, we end up giving the gifts we have to then give. We have to wrap it. Oh, boy. So without further ado, your first number, sir, between 1 and 30. I'm going to go 7. Number 7. Oh, number 7. <laughs> it's a vinyl sticker of Nicolas Cage's face. That is literally it. <laughs> I'd like to say that all of the things on this list are completely legit. They that you can buy all of them online. I found all of them available to buy. I haven't made any of these items up. That's what I was gonna say. Are these gifts that you have in your home? Oh that no, you're no, to get rid of. There's no Nicholas. Oh, that's a good idea. I I could do that, but no, there's no Nicholas Cage stickers in my house. Okay. So you can either wrap the vi- there's one singular vinyl sticker. It's pretty big. Of his face, of Nicolas Cage's face. I would say wrap it. You're going to wrap it. Who are we going to give it to? I'm going to give it to Beckham. Yeah? (laughs) Okay. I don't think he's, I don't reckon he's got that already. I think that's something David doesn't have. So That's probably one of the only things he doesn't have. (laughs) Yeah, um, I don't think the Pope would know who it was. So, you know, it'd be wasted on him. Wasted on him. Okay, so David yeah. gets the Nicolas Cage sticker. Fantastic. Okay. Second number, please, between one and thirty. Oh. Um, oh, did you want? To, did you want to know the price of the sticker? Did you want to know the price of it? Yeah. If you had cashed it, it was. It was pretty for what it was. Three dollars and twelve cents for a sticker. For the one sticker, three dollars twelve cents. Wow, Nick must be getting a cut of that. <laughs> Goodness, <laughs> getting royalties off vinyl stickers. If he's not, he should be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the second number, my friend. 21. 21. What have we got here? Oh, now this. This is one of the weirdest things on the whole okay. list, right? Okay. 
I have to try and explain it because you know it's not a visual show but you can see me which which helps when we're trying to describe it so it's a wall ornament it's circular and it, it's silicon lips with a very realistic cigarette poking out of it that is lit and, and it sticks to the wall oh yeah that's i'm wrapping that to the pope you're all wrapping day. that to the pope you're wrapping that to oh, the pope. i love that i'd yeah. like to see that in the vatican yeah. <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> fantastic fantastic now you could have cashed it and actually i have to be honest with you it's one of the most expensive items on the whole list dang it where are they here they are i'd rather it go to the pope either way yeah i mean you could have given the pope 62 dollars if um mm. yeah 45 pounds or 62 dollars the smoking silicon lips so you know you're in a good position here joel because you got one more number but you can trash it if you don't like it because this is your gift we're down to your yes. gift or we can cash it. So you've got all the cards still, all the chips to play for. I'm going to do number one. Number one. Oh, now we've had this on another show before. And that is a pretty specialist item, Joel. I'm, I'm okay. looking at you and I'm thinking, I don't think you're the kind of man that's going to want these. But I could be wrong. <laughs> I, I could be very wrong. They are. So, you know, pug dogs. They are pug dog nipple tassels. So they are nipple tassels with, uh, with, with, with little pug dogs on the end of them. Uh, cash it? You're going to cash it. I mean, you can trash it and go for another number. Trash it. Trash yeah, it. Yeah. Sorry, I thought I was stuck. Yeah, trash it. You're trashing it. Good choice. Only, only nine pounds. So that's probably like, okay. what's that in dollars? Hardly anything, is it? Uh, $12.41. There you go. So, okay. you know. Okay, good choice there. Good choice. So, we can still cash it or we can wrap it. One final I'm number. 30. Number 30. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the f the film Borat? Are you are you familiar with Borat? Oh no. <laughs> do, do, <laughs> yes, I have. Do you remember the big bright green mankini? I was worried about that. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> oh gosh. It's got to cost more than the pug tassels though. I'm going to cash it. Oh, he's going to cash it. He's going to cash it. Now you were right. You were right because the pug tassels were $12.41. You have made a bit more of a profit, but only just $13.79. Oh my god. Uh, well, 10, no. 10 English pounds. Uh, <laughs> to be precise joel thank you for playing wrap it cash my it, wife trash is so it. proud <laughs> wrapping up i have a couple of questions for you if you yeah. could, if you could go right back um to your childhood and rescue something you were gifted that you don't have anymore but you'd like back what would you go and rescue my Pokemon cards, and I would sell them. Yes. I would cash them immediately. I'm with you on that one. There you go. Cash in that. <laughs> we're, we're cashing that. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing because I kept seeing all these videos about those Charizard cards being worth like a fortune. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I had a couple of those, but I'm pretty sure my mum threw them out. You know, I, yeah, I, I yeah, don't know where just, mine are. <laughs> that's, why I'm, that's why I'm holding on to my birthday cards. You just never know. <laughs> and if you could go right back to the beginning of your comedy career, and give yourself a gift to help to get where you are now, what gift would you give yourself? Um, you know, I would gift, I don't know if this is a cop-out or not, I would gift myself my podcast because 
when I started comedy 11 years ago, imagine if I'd been podcasting 11 years by now, I'd be, I'd be Joel Rogan up here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so give myself my podcast. Very good. Very good. And finally, where can people find out more about you and what you do? And of course the podcast. Yes. If you're listening to this podcast, which you are, if you're hearing this voice, my voice, uh, wherever the app you're listening on, go search hot breath and hit subscribe. It's a weekly show where I interview the top comics in the industry. If you want to learn more about me and actually see my special, if you found me funny here, go to my website, joelbyerscomedy.com. J-O-E-L-B-Y-A-R-S comedy.com. The first link you'll see is how you can check out my comedy special. I self-produced it. It is, before a spoiler, it is a donation-based viewing. But, you know, I invested in it, and my wife would greatly appreciate a donation. (laughs) But uh, it is funny, and everyone of all ages can enjoy it. And if you want to connect with me directly, I mean, I would love to hear from you. If you're an aspiring comedian, if you're just a comedy fan or you just enjoyed this episode, all my social media is at Joel Byers Comedy or at Hot Breath Pod. And reach out to me. I love connecting with people. And any questions you have or any words of encouragement that I can screenshot and show my wife would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for having me, James. Joel, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks again for listening to this episode of You Really Shouldn't Have. Be sure to subscribe to us on your chosen podcast service to make sure you never miss another episode. You can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bad Gifts Pod, as well as online at badgiftspod.com.